Meetings, meetings, and more meetings. Cody and I look at why Houston having the opportunity to meet with the top prospects at the 2023 NFL Draft is a good thing, or should Texan fans be concerned? We get into all of that on today's show. And to tie it all in, we want to develop a great team here that we can deliver wins to the city of Houston. We want to deliver a championship here to the city of Houston, and that's what it, that's what it'll be about. You are locked on Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Two-Way Friday episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Be sure to subscribe to the Locked On Texan Podcast on YouTube and also follow us on Twitter. You can also find us on all of your major podcasting platforms. I am John Hickman. Of course, I'm joined by Sports Illustrated and credentialed Texan media member Cody Davis here to discuss what the hell the Houston Texans can do in this draft. Uh, very interesting, so I can't wait to talk about who the Texans have meetings with and also looking at the tone of the two press conferences between general manager Nick Casario and new head coach D'Amico Ryans. But first, the combine really kicked off on Friday, on Thursday, excuse me, with the big boys giving a run up front, and boy, did we get some stars on day one. Nolan Smith. Outside linebacker for Georgia, and they got him listed as a DN. I could have swore he played that 3 4 uh, outside linebacker, but he ran a 4 3 40 and I think a 41 and a half vert on the day. Kalaja Kansi, Kalaja Kansi, the pit defensive tackle, watched him a couple of times this year. He was one of those players that popped off the screen to me. He ran a 4 6 7 40, the fastest for a defensive tackle ever in NFL history. And then I personally, I personally, excuse me, like John Redman from Oklahoma, that defensive tackle. I said that to say all of this. I think Houston, and I'm going to, I'm going to say it now, Cody. I think whatever Houston gets back for Brandon cooks is going to really help them hmm. in this draft in that mid round, because I believe the defensive line interior and exterior, the edge position is deep in this class, and you look at this team, this roster, Nick Casario, D'Amico Ryans, they want to get talent on this team. They got a way that, that they want to play, and that's fast. It's vertically and horizontally. They got some guys with good speed, good burst, good hands, good hips. They got them here in this draft. It's deep. So when we look at the early part of the draft and the possibility of Houston maybe moving on from that 12th overall pick, whether that's a trade-up, and maybe get another guy in that top 10 or maybe trade back and acquire more picks or maybe that 33 overall pick. I think that no matter what Houston does, they're going to find a way to land on some of these edge and defensive tackles maybe later in the draft because this draft class for those two positions are deep. Now, when we look at the Houston Texans, they have met or planned to meet with Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Will Anderson, and along with those quarterbacks and defensive ends, roughly 14 DBs so far for Houston. Cody, what are your thoughts and takeaways? That this is nothing to be too concerned about. 
only because the Houston Texans, they are just doing their due diligence. They are in Indianapolis. They are surrounded with all of the draft prospects who are going to come out in this year's NFL draft. And like Nick Osirio said a couple of days ago, you know, it doesn't matter where you pick because every single pick, every single round, you have a list of what? three to four prospects that you're looking at that you have met with and you have plans laid out to where if something happens and you have to change course whether that be a prospect sticking out to you a little bit more or somebody unfortunately uh that that has an opportunity to make that draft selection ahead of you take the guy that you really wanted so this is just the houston texans doing their due diligence i want to take a look at both anthony and will as of right now you take a look at anthony richardson i don't know what it is but i'm not too high on quarterback prospects coming out of florida at all um john it's kind of similar to your to your feelings about quarterbacks coming out of uh, coming out of ohio state with all that being said you take a look at Anthony Richardson. I know a lot of people are high on him due to his athleticism. Switching over to Will, I honestly don't understand what's the fascination about this young man is. If you ask me, I don't even think he should be considered as a first-round pick. I'm sorry. That's just my belief. You compare him to the other three quarterbacks that he's compared to, CJ, Bryce, and Anthony. He is, I don't want to say least talented, but – he doesn't move the needle for me at all. When you compare his numbers, he's ranked nearly at the bottom of every single statistical category. The only thing that Will has able to do to beat any of these other quarterbacks were interceptions, but he did it in the wrong way. He finished his final seasons at Kentucky with 10 interceptions. Anthony had nine. CJ had six. Bryce Young had five. By the way, CJ beat them all in, in, in passing touchdowns with 41 on the season that's just remarkable if you ask me but look at the end of the day the texans are just doing their due diligence my thing about meeting with these quarterbacks is of course like cody mentioned they are you know houston they're doing their due diligence and i'll go out on a limb and say this swinging at uh, anthony richardson and I'll even throw Will Levis in a bunch as well. But I don't know if Nick Casario can afford to swing and miss. Like, there's a possibility. Bases are loaded, right? Uh, bottom of the night. Uh, there's a possibility you can swing Grand Slam. And you look like the hero. But you've swung and missed on Cully and Lovey Smith and some of the other prospects, whether you brought him in during free agency or the draft. And, again, if we're looking at what he's done in terms of bringing players in, he has more light on him in that aspect than bringing in coaches. But I don't think Anthony Richardson is a, is a quarterback that Nick Casario can hang his hat on. Remember, he wants to see his six years out, has what four more years left, three including this season. If something has to happen again, what Brandon K. Scott, you know, said multiple times, it won't be the coach that's leaving. It'll be the general manager, Nick Casario. And so with that being said, I look at him as a guy that he needs to make sure that he hits on a for sure, kind of like the safest available at number two. That's why I've been mm -hmm. mentioning between 12 and 33 and whatever other picks that they may want to dabble around with and have and use that optionality that Casario has already alluded to, then that's fine. 
That's a part of your job. But at number two, I am hard-pressed to see him drafting an Anthony Richardson when you have the two better QB prospects on the board. By the way, breaking news, I just mentioned how the uh, the young man, uh, what's his name, Kalaja Kansi had the, at the time, fastest 40 at 4-6. Adabare, the defensive tackle out of Northwestern, 6'2", 282 pounds, ran a 4-4-9. That's crazy. And that makes this the fastest time for a defensive tackle <laughs> ever. Now, y'all use some of that same speed and go ahead and run over to either your local Walmart or Sam's Club right now to check out some of the delicious treats brought to you by Built Bar that are covered in 100% real chocolate. The best part about Built Bar, they are super healthy while tasting amazing, while being great for you. Only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, with a whopping 17 grams of protein. That's right. You can go ahead, like I told you earlier, stop by your nearest Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of Bill Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, coconut, whatever. They got it all over at Walmart and Sam's Club. You can even still order some online at Bill.com. Welcome back in, Locked On Texans listeners and viewers out there in the world. Shout out to my man, Big Sarge, and all of the other Texan media out there at the Combine, providing amazing content, bringing it back home to Houston, reporting on it, uh, podcasting on it, writing on mm-hmm. it, the whole nine doing everything that they possibly can to not only bring you the excitement, but also the optimism that this team is going to get it right during this draft process. And they got it right last year, but now with D'Amico Ryans, I think everybody's just interested where they will go in terms of the draft, in terms of rounds, in terms of positions. How are, How is everything prioritized? And I want to go back to this defensive tackle class. Kalaja, Kansi, 467. John Redman, 4A, Dante Stills out of West Virginia, 4A. Then when you look at some of the defensive ends, Nolan Smith, 439. My goodness. Byron Young out of Tennessee, 443. Robert Beal, Georgia, another Georgia Bulldog, 448. Uh out of Barre, 449. Uh Isaiah four five eight out of Notre Dame. Lucas Van Ness, 458 out of Iowa, the edge. They got some guys coming and trust and believe Houston has an opportunity to get some of these players on their roster. It's it's a deep class and there's talent everywhere. But Houston also did meet with about 14 DBs. Either they will meet or they have met so far. Cody, I want to go right back to the quote directly from Nick Casario. This is the multiple receiver league. This is the multiple defensive back league. And he also quoted a stat around 70% of the nickel defense is being played in the NFL. Got to be able to defend vertically and horizontally. Obviously, uh, Houston wants to upgrade that DB room, right? Talked about Desmond King and the possibility of him not returning back, and I hope Houston can really work something out. But I think when you look at the safety position outside of Jalen Petrie, we know that there is a need to – 
upgrade that. And the good thing about it is I, I feel highly about Houston and Jimmy Ward coming together on terms and bringing Jimmy Ward to Houston. I'm not 100% sure on that. We'll see how it plays out in free agency. But I think that they both know between Nick Casario and D'Amico Ryans that in the past when one guy went down, the next guy up wasn't necessarily as good or playing at the level that Houston may have wanted to see. Plus, D'Amico Ryans coming into a new system, a uh, new team rather, trying to create his system. We saw a lot of DBs for the San Fran 49ers have an impact on their defense, right? So I think that that is what they're trying to mirror. Lucky enough that they already have Derek Stingley Jr. and Jalen Petrie on this roster. Uh, but let's move on to the tone between the first two press conferences between D'Amico Ryans and Nick Casario. Cody, I almost called you David Cully. Cody, what was your takeaways from those two press conferences in terms of the tone of both men? Well, as I alluded to on yesterday, the major tone is the fact that both Nick Casario and D'Amico Ryans are on the same, they are on one accord. And like I mentioned on yesterday, that is very big because when you take a look at the previous two regimes, and even if you go a little bit further back, you know, to the Bill O'Brien era, it was never a moment to where the GM and the head coach was on one accord. They but they butt head several times. I mean, they even butt heads to when the Texans traded up and got Deshaun Watson. Bill O'Brien and then wasn't too kind on it. And Rick Smith, the general manager at the time, saying, you know what? This is a guy we can't miss on, and we're going to go out and get this quarterback so you guys can be successful. And we already know what happened after that prior to 2020 but even with all that being said for the very first time um probably since the days of gary kubiak everybody is on one accord with that being said john the the second tone that i have about both of their press conference is the fact that the houston texans will be on the track towards success this season now that doesn't mean that they're going to go out and win um 10 11 12 13 games that doesn't mean that they're going to be a playoff caliber team that doesn't mean that they're going to go compete for the larry o'brien not larry o'brien trophy that mean that doesn't mean that they're going to go out and compete for the vince lombardi trophy that really means that they have a criteria that they truly believe that they're going to meet and when you take a look at the guys who are going into their third year, guys who are going into their second years, guys who have already started to establish the foundation of what this team can utilize in hopes of, of, of building a very successful and respectable rebuild so they can get to where it was during the um, Gary Kubiak days, during the Bill O'Brien, D-Hop, and, and J.J. Watt days of being a respectable franchise and and. In some cases, even better. When you take a look at what the success for the Houston Texans look like between those two guys, it's all about, one, getting veterans here, and two, and most importantly, development. You said it a lot here on this show. D'Amico Ryans is a D.C. coach, development coach, and I think a lot of these guys, whether it be working alongside D'Amico or working alongside the veterans that you're going to break in, bring in, working alongside the veterans who you already have on your roster, i.e. the combination between Keon Green and Laramie Tunsil, like this is going to be a year where we're going to see a lot of players take a step forward in their development this year. You know, one thing that I do want to look at, Cody, and I just talked about how I don't believe Nick Casario could afford to swing and miss on Anthony Richardson. But what if that's D'Amico's guy? 
right? And what if I'm just playing around with ideas? No, right? well, well like, I would say you're talking about the press conference. D'Amico Ryan's did say it's up to the coach to put their quarterbacks in a position to succeed versus it being the other way around. Right. And Nick Casario and D'Amico Ryan's both talked about getting a quarterback in free agency and the draft and how essential it is to build a team and system. So, like, I, I do believe where there's smoke, there's some fire in the NFL. Uh, and I'm thinking to myself, I've already mentioned how I think number two is a lock for Houston. Like, I don't think they're going to trade out of that. But number 12 gets interesting. And maybe, just maybe, AR-15 in Houston is a real idea from the folks, the mind of the folks off 16 to Kirby, where they can use that number 12 overall pick and position themselves to get the quarterback that their head coach that they just hired really wants. I don't know. But the tone of that press conference, Kurt, I think you hit it right on the nail. This isn't a team that, especially for Nick Casario, can afford another three, four game, you know, type of season, win season. I don't think this is the possibility. I don't think that's why you brought D'Amico Ryan's in. I think you brought D'Amico Ryan's in to truly compete. Now let's look at the division. Look at look, you look at Tennessee. How much will the Tennessee Titans become sellers this offseason? Already moving on from some of their guys, looking at Taylor Lewan and some some other guys. Robert Woods was also let go. How much more time do they have with Ryan Tannehill? Do they believe that it's time to cut the plug on Ryan Tannehill? So I look at Tennessee as a team that's kind of up in the air right now. Same with Indy, right? Like, I, I don't know. Indy's in the same situation Houston is in. So I think for Houston, they both need a quarterback. They both need to get younger. They both got new head coaches. I think for Houston, in order to have a better opportunity to be better than than uh, the Indianapolis Colts, you got to win in free agency. And with D'Amico Ryan's in Houston right now, and Houston already being Houston, like Houston greater than sign Indy, <laughs> that's a real possibility that through the free agency, this team can be better than Indy. You, then you look at the Jags. The Jags still has questions around their franchise, even with their quarterback and Trevor Lawrence. You know, last year I think he was a little bit pick happy in terms of, yeah, here you go, you, you can have it back. <laughs> so that is a team that has flaws in it. And I love Doug Peterson. I think Doug Peterson to get those flaws cleaned up. What I'm getting at is the tone that I got from both men combined was we're not going to lay down this year. You look at Nick Casario saying things like we have the optionality. We have to position ourselves. I think we position ourselves. Like, he understands we kind of right now are in the best position we've ever been in in our franchise existence outside of the 2012 year where they're a mashup away from possibly making a deep playoff run. Right now they have an opportunity to set themselves up for the next couple of years, and I think that they, they are looking forward to competing this year. Those are my takeaways from the two tone from the tones of the two men at the press conferences between general manager and head coach. Thanks for making the Locked On Texans your first listen every day. For your second listen, check out Locked On NFL Draft. Damian Parsons and Keith Sanchez provide in-depth coverage of the biggest NFL prospects in the draft with deep dives until into the sleepers and hidden gems that can change your favorite NFL franchise. Find Locked On NFL Draft wherever you get your podcasts on YouTube as well. 
part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Before we hop into Cody's, and I'm loving this series, by the way, the free agency discussion, Bryce Young has already met with multiple teams during the combine, according to a source. And teams are impressed with Bryce Young's poise, confidence, and football IQ and have shown minimal concern about his size. Not sure how true that is, but I will say the things that they are, quote unquote, impressed by. You've been impressed by that for Bryce Young for the past two seasons since he took over at Alabama, especially his football IQ. Hmm. Yeah, man. And look, once again, that is the reason why Bryce Young is the top rated quarterback entering this year's draft. But moving on, we're going to continue our free agency countdown here on Locked On Texans to close out this Friday installment. And today, John, we're looking at the tight end position. And the one tight end that I am looking at, Jordan Aikens. Yes, the guy who this time last year we were talking about reasons why he should not come back. But a year later, we are going to now talk about reasons why he should come back. Um, Same thing as we alluded to with Chris Moore on yesterday. When you take a look at players who were by far the most productive and the most reliable players this year, Jordan Aikens is one of the guys who comes to mind. This is a guy who finished the 2022 campaign with a team high five reception touchdowns, caught 495 yards on 37 catches and John, I think Jordan Aikens will be very beneficial for the Houston Texans this year because you got to take take a look at the reality of the situation. You have not one, but two young prospects still in that position group in TQ and Brevin Jordan. And not only that, I think it's fair to say that the Houston Texans will most likely add another tight end to that position group at some point during the draft. You don't want to have your position group without a veteran. You look at a guy like Jordan Aikens who has seen both the ups and the downs with this franchise in his career. And if you bring him in, not only do you have a veteran, but you also have a guy that you know when his number is called, he is going to give you great production on the field. We just finished talking about how the Houston Texans are not going to roll over um, for this upcoming year. We just finished talking about players that's going to help lay the groundwork for this organization moving forward. Not only that, John, I know you love the money. You all about the money. It's definitely not going to take much money to bring Jordan Aikens back on a very friendly, very affordable deal. I say get the deal done and just keep him around for at least the next season or two. Yeah, you know, this tight end group for Houston is is, is underwhelming, right? And I, I think that I like bringing back Jordan Akins. Cody, I've said that on, on multiple times. And I think that if you are a coach and general manager like Nick Asirio, you want somebody, you want that vet on the field in the locker room to give you that presence. Mm-hmm. So I think that's important. So I'm not going to, you know, argue that whatsoever. I 100% agree with you on that. But I do look at the tight end class, the likes of a Darnell Washington, Georgia Bulldog, Dalton Kincaid, uh, excuse me, out of Utah, uh, Luke Musgrave, uh, even Jaleel Billingsley. Look at Michael Mayer out of out of out of, uh, out of Notre Dame. Right now for Houston, 
you you already have Brevin Jordan and uh what's my rookie? TQ T Toriano on roster under rookie deals. So they are still cheap. I think Houston should try to grab one of these tight ends coming out. And one of the top top ones? Well, you know, we'll see what they can do in the draft. Maybe third round. We'll see. I, 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 I don't I, know if they should target a tight end that like like I know I just mentioned them targeting tight end falls, a tight end a, a tight end in the draft, but I'm thinking more so the later rounds, like six or seventh. Like uh, because the I, one I thing you gotta keep in mind there's some talented tight ends coming out. Yeah, and this 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 and, is and a I coach agree. coming from 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 uh from 49ers from San Fran when you had Kittle. Uh and so I, I don't know, it's just I, I do wonder where Houston prioritizes this group because even when you look at the fullback position, they have a fullback in the rookie. His name escapes me right now. He had a great Harrison. year Harrison. Had a great year. How much of a utility fullback can he be for Houston? Uh, and I know I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just kind of going places, but maybe you look at the six seven TQ as a valuable utility fullback, and then you, you draft one and you keep the vet. Excuse me, Jordan Akins. I don't know, but I agree. Bring Akins back, but I wouldn't be mad if Houston gets their hands on, depending on where he's drafted. One of these top tight ends coming out because boy, do they have some talented tight ends coming out in this draft. I honestly do believe it all depends on how the Texans view Bourbon Jordan. Man, I was just about to um, say that. I, I really do think that's what it's going to come down to because the tight end, they, the, this tight end core, they're in an interesting position because it's like they like have talent. Job, they, yeah, they, they have, have talent. talent, but they've been very underwhelming. Now you got to take a look at They've been the underutilized as well. That, and that's exactly what I was about to get to. Maybe. It was because there was underutilized. Because when you go back and you take a look at Jordan Aiken's 2021 campaign, um, his last year under Tim Kelly, Tim Kelly really didn't utilize him the right way. And we saw a decline in his production. However, out of all the tight ends that Pep Hamilton had, he utilized Jordan Aiken's the best. And that's why last year was probably what his second best season with the Houston Texans and the best first and and the best when you take it take take when you look at the look at the quarterback that he was playing 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 with but I, I think it all comes down to Brevin Jordan this is a guy who at time has shown some potential but at times it's like for some reason he still isn't getting it and if he goes if he has another I don't want to say a bad training camp, but if he goes through another season where he is a healthy scratch like this year, I think he had like two or three health, healthy scratches throughout yeah, last season. Had more than that. Oh uh, yeah, he probably did have more than that. I, I remember I had an opportunity to talk to him at one time. Wrote about it over at um, Texans Daily. But if he has another season where he is just racking up on healthy scratches, then. I would say, yeah, they would definitely have to look at, you know, prioritizing the tight end court, um, especially given that TQ shows some promise, but you still don't know with even him. Right, right. And I think that that's, a, you know, it's not really up to D'Amico at this point. A lot of these players that's on this roster right now, uh, if they were drafted or signed during free agency in the past 
you know, two seasons under Nick Casario. He has to be honest about himself, too, as well. Like, you know what? It may be time to move on from this guy if he's serving no purpose. And in order to determine that, you, you can only go based off what you have, and that's the tape of the current – the past two years. In his rookie year, he had moments where you can see Houston utilizing him in the passing game as a receiving tight end. It never Nobody ever thought he was going to be a blocking tight end, of course. Hell no. But, you know, maybe hit them out in the seams. But at one point during the season, O.J. Howard was more valuable to this team than he was. Uh, the first game. He was still more productive, <laughs> I think, than, than Brevin Jordan throughout the year. Brevin Jordan struggled with drops. Brevin Jordan also struggled with getting to the spot he's supposed to be at. And then, of course, you compile that on top of missing out on games. And so, again, be, be, before going into the draft, even with free agency, you know, I think that – if you're going to get better, why not explore ways to truly get better? And again, this tight end group has been very underwhelming, also underused. And so it's one of those situations where I think it's up to Nick to put a plug on some of the guys that he maybe liked a couple of seasons ago. Now, mind you, Brevin Jordan was a fifth round draft pick. So, you know, you do with that information as you will. Uh, he was a fifth round draft pick, but I think he was the third rated. Tight yeah, he was that year. You were 100 right. He was pretty high, but my God, looking at OJ Howard numbers right now, you talk about a disappointment. This man finished the year. This man finished the year with 145 yards, 10 catches for two touchdowns, and both of those touchdowns came during week one in the tie against the Indianapolis Colts. John, when I tell you that season, that game set the tone for the season, man. I just remember I told you that. I you told, told you that. did say that. And you know what? The press <laughs> conference I think is going to set the tone for this upcoming year. Um, they got an opportunity to do something special, man. They really do because now you have a coach that people can buy into. Hmm. And so hopefully, I'm luckily I don't have to pay for no uh, tickets to get in NRG for this upcoming season, because I think within the next two years, we may see some life, some some life back in the NRG stadium. Mm. And them tickets may go up. If the tickets going up like that in, 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 in the moment of inflation, I'm going to need all my, you know, y'all, Cody, you, my media friends, don't slide me in the back door if I'm not already on the list and get in to watch some of the Texas games from a analyst point of view. Thank you guys for checking out today's episode of the Locked on Texas podcast. Be sure to check us out on YouTube. Under the name Locked On Texans, leave us comments, reviews, the whole nine, baby. We want to hear from y'all. Make sure you follow us on Twitter as well at Locked On Texans. And as always, I'm your host Cody M Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore twenty four. Once again, that's Cody C O T Y D A V I S underscore twenty four. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen. Peace. Peace.